go to our Bible readings now. And we have three Bible readings. They're going to come up on the screen. They're not long ones. Um, this week we're talking about that third uh, G. Um, this week is our series of three practical sermons. And just before I head into that, let me read with you these three scriptures. And the first one I'm going to read is Matthew 28, 16 to 20. A well-known scripture, I'm sure. But read along with me anyway. Sometimes when you read something that's really well known, a word jumps out and you think, oh, actually I hadn't read that before. I hadn't read it like that before. So read along with me anyway. So in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So Matthew's scripture then jumps straight over. We're just going to do one verse in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. This is in that same, this is Mark's rendition of that same um, time when Jesus gave the Great Commission. But just look at the words there. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. A little bit different, they're a little bit different words, but the same thing. Proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Then I want you to jump straight over to Acts, if you can. I just want to read one verse in Acts. And um, this is a reflection of um, understanding what Jesus was saying. Uh, again, it's a, it's a, a, um, a retelling of the ascension. Um, and we know that Luke wrote Acts in, it, in verse 8 of chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is speaking to um, the disciples in each of those circumstances. And I, I'm guessing particularly, you know, um, there must have been a few bewildering looks on their faces when he spoke to them. And so in the different renditions of, of those words, we see how Jesus was explaining to them what was going to happen and why. We've been talking about partnership these last three weeks. This is the third one. Being part of the body of Christ. And then particularly I focused a little bit on this one, this body of Christ, the One Hope Community Church. And we've looked at the fact that it's God's work, that God brings people together and that we're privileged to be built together to be the body of Christ. In general, we're privileged to be built together to be the body of Christ wherever we are. But we want to recognize that as one hope as well, or wherever you fellowship, that it's a privilege to being built into the local community. Because the body, and this is how God designed it, the body is a place of growing, of giving and of going. And they're the three things we've been looking at. We've looked at growing, giving, and going. We looked at growing, uh, where the body is a place of growing, uh, growing yourself, um, just in the way that you receive in the body of Christ, but also being part of other people growing in the community as well, which is really important. But also, very importantly, growing the mission, growing God's mission, the kingdom. 
You know, the, uh, that God has in his heart that the kingdom of God, that the kingdom that his reign and rule would be established here on earth and that we, as the body of Christ and in the body of Christ, get to be part of growing that as well. And then last week we looked at giving, the, <clears throat> the second G, uh, giving and serving, that when you're a part of the body, that it's a place of giving, um, where you serve, uh, where you use your gifts, and where your gifts and talents are actually needed. And, and even, you know, that's by design. It's not an accident. God brings together those gifts that he needs in the bodies and the locations that he's called them. And that he uses every tool in the box, that there isn't a useless tool in the toolbox. There's not someone that's in the body that, that has a gift that nobody needs or that the kingdom doesn't need. That God brings the right tools for the right job together. And that we believe that. God brings the right gifts for the task that he has for us at One Hope Community Church. Giving and serving is important and it shapes how we as One Hope do serving and giving. And we looked at the finances as well, that giving financially is part of one of the ways that we give as well. But we've been really practical. We've been looking at these things very practically. But at the same time, recognising that this is actually supernatural, that God is doing this. He's the one that's building. He's the one that's doing something with our church, with One Hope Community Church, or with whatever church you're a part of. Or the body of Christ in the world, that, that yes, there's some practical elements. Yes, we grow. Yes, we give our gifts. And yes, we, we get on with it. But it's by design that God is doing something. There's a supernatural work at hand when the body of Christ comes together. This is not the work of men. And we want to keep that in the back of our mind, even though we're dealing with this really practically. God is intentional. So this week, we're going to look at the third one, and we're going to look at going. In the context of the body of Christ, going is the result of growing and giving. Let me say that again. In the context of the body of Christ, going is actually the result of growing and giving. In fact, in terms of the kingdom, if we look at the kingdom of God and what the Bible calls us to, there is little need for growing or giving if the end result isn't going. You don't need it. If we look at what God's called us to, if we look at the kingdom of God and our role, the body of Christ's role in that, then there is little need for growing and giving if we're not going. And it's been clear in the last two messages that we've, we've spoken in the last couple of weeks that the kingdom is the goal. Going and the kingdom is the goal of each of those things, of growing and of giving and now of going. And that the kingdom's expansion here on earth is God's call for us all. Not just for people like me or people that are missionaries out in the middle of nowhere or people that, that have this special ministry call. But the expansion of the kingdom, the growing of the kingdom, the establishment of the kingdom of God here on earth is a call for us all. Growing and giving lead to going. They must. And they must because, well, well imagine a platoon or, or an army, a group of a platoon in an army that just did endless drills, they did endless training, they get better and better, they get, sharpshooters are even better, they can run faster, they can hide better, uh, the soldiers are fitter and fitter, and they invest more and more in the best equipment, the most high-tech warcraft equipment and, and weapons and, and whatever soldiers you know, communicate, whatever they use, and they do the best courses, they develop the best courses, 
and then the war comes and they don't go. Or imagine an Olympic athlete, that would be applicable right now, or an athlete in general, a sports person who trains and trains and trains, who goes to training regularly all the time, who trains every morning, a swimmer that swims at 4am every morning and gets better and better. They buy the best equipment, the best boots, the best rackets or skis or whatever the sport is, the best equipment, but they never go and play the game. They never get into a competition. They never go to the competition. In those instances, we would see that growing and giving and contributing as pretty much a waste of time, apart from the fact that the athlete just is probably looking buff right now. Because there was no intention to go. So that growing and giving is actually becomes a moot point, becomes irrelevant, doesn't it? This is what God is doing. This is what God's doing with the body. This is why he's building us. At One Hope Community Church, our vision is to move people in following Christ. We talk about that a lot. We know it. It's actually on the wall up here. We've got our vision, moving people in following Christ. We know that our vision. But our strategy is to develop and sin. And we've got that. You can't see that there, but develop and sin. I like to use the words, and I'll put them in brackets behind there on that slide. I like to use the word equip and go. So we want to develop and send or equip to go. You know, it's our way of saying we want to spread the gospel and build the kingdom. Because we know at One Hope Community Church that go is the goal. We read those three scriptures that I, that I read just before I started speaking to help us see that Jesus is unequivocal in his instructions. It's like he's saying, it's your turn now, guys. I have equipped you. I've grown you. You've been giving, you've been walking with me for, for, for three years and you've been giving, but now you must go. The mission is important. It's eternally important. You see, the mission is clear, it's critical, and it's not optional when you read those scriptures, is it? And, and I, I believe that that's true for us too. It's not optional. It's, it's not like a... There's no... Okay, it's not like Jesus says, okay, guys, here's an option. It's a good option. You know, here's an option. If going back to accounting or tax collecting or lawyering or fishing or zealotry don't seem attractive to you, here's a good option. It's not that at all, is it? And it's not the great suggestion. We call it the great commission. Jesus makes it pretty clear that this is what they are and were equipped and called to do. They are and they're being and they've been commissioned is the word we use. And following Jesus' own example, his huge example of giving, they must give too. And so by extension, we know that those words that, that Jesus is speaking to us as we gather as the body of Christ, but also to us as individuals. We partner, we grow, we give, and we make decisions to commit to Jesus' call in order to respond to that commission, and we go. Now, at One Hope Community Church, we see this as our call. We see this as our call for individuals, for each of us as individuals. But we also see it as God's call for us corporately, as God's people right here in Scoresby. This is what God's been doing with us all along. Now, some of us have been part of this church from the very first time it started. 
But those of us that have been around, or those of us that have stopped long enough to listen to the stories, this is what God has been doing at One Hope Community Church all along. As he called it into being, this church, and as he's built it over the years, he's growing us, he's calling us to give and to go. So let's understand, we're going to be very practical again, let's just understand what this go means. And let's look at four things. We'll look at what, how, where and why, just quickly. When we talk about going, what goes or what must go? The what is really simple. It's the gospel. First and foremost, it's the gospel. What needs to go? The gospel needs to go. Our scripture in Mark 15, uh, sorry, Mark 16, verse 15, makes it really clear, doesn't it? Because he said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So the first thing we need to answer is, so if we go, what goes? It's the gospel that needs to go. Go and proclaim the gospel, the good news of salvation. Go and tell the world about the rescue plan. Go and tell the world, world that salvation has been achieved for humanity. And that's a message that is world-shattering for many people. That's a message that should be world-shattering for all of us, that, that God, in His mercy, sent His Son Jesus to achieve salvation for us. And that salvation is not just this ticket to heaven that you can pull out when it's time we die. It changes us now. It changes the way that life is lived now. It changes our perspective on the things that we go through. And that's true for the whole world. But it also is to go and teach them and show them the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, show them a different way to live. It's one thing to preach the gospel and say that you've been saved, but we want to show them the kingdom. We want to show them a different way to live, a different set of values. And importantly, how the kingdom way to live and those values, how they can and must impact societies and lives. Preaching the gospel is not just a message of personal salvation. It is that, but it's so much more. Because the gospel changes everything. It doesn't just change the person. It does and must change everything. Ethics, values, uh, world's values, the ethics that we have in education or medicine or politics. It's, it's justice. It changes. It has an impact on justice. And it talks about the value of every human being. There is not an area of our existence that isn't influenced by the gospel. The gospel changes everything. Gospel influence is when it causes society to reflect Christ. That's gospel influence. To reflect the kingdom of God. God's reign and rule over everything. The kingdom of God brought to bear on, on families, on, on cultures and on nations. It changes everything. Jesus, when he was here on earth, he said the kingdom of heaven is near, is here. And he was saying it's, it's here, it's now, it's in me. This kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God Amazingly, with our commission to go, with the disciples' commission to go, and, and, by the, and, and our commission to go, we can actually say the same now to those that we meet, to those around us, to those that we encounter. We can say, like Jesus did, the kingdom of heaven 
is here. And that brings me to the how. How does the kingdom of go? Uh, how does the kingdom go? Well, it's through us. That's what I just said. It, the kingdom, if, if the kingdom was with Jesus, when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here, I'm, I, I embody the kingdom. And our commissioning gives us that same, that we get to say the kingdom of heaven is here. Then the gospel goes in and through us. Jesus bore the kingdom to bear wherever he went. He embodied it. He represented it. The kingdom went where he went. Well, we know that we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That Christ has taken up residence in us. Christ with us, the kingdom in us. So we now bear the kingdom. So then wherever we go, there the kingdom is. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever thought about that? We, by our presence, bring light into darkness. And when, you, when you're explaining this to kids, and darkness must flee, when you're explaining this to kids, it's really easy to do. You say, if I take a dark room and I bring a candle in there covered and I open it up, the light will spread through the darkness. And, and, and that makes sense to us, doesn't it? But if I go into a light room and I bring a little bit of darkness and I go like that, what happens? The darkness doesn't spread. The light overtakes it. That's what it's like when Jesus understood that, when he, gave, when he came to live in us. Where we go, the kingdom goes. So virtually when you walk into a room, when you walk into a workplace, when you walk into wherever you go, there the kingdom is because it lives in you. Where we go, the kingdom comes. So if you walk into an area of education or medicine or, or like I said, ethics before, um, or politics or any social setting, or the business that you're in. Think about it. This is really practical. And this is really truth, that the kingdom goes where you go. In your families. Good families, bad families. Friendship circles. Wherever you are, that's where the kingdom goes. It should, anyway. But our Acts scripture shows us that it's not just human action. In case you think now, okay, so it's just me now, so I've just got to get up and go and the kingdom will go. It's kind of like an automatic thing. It's just going to go. Our Acts scripture shows us that it's not just a human action. Let's have a look at that again. Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you'll be my witnesses. It's just the first part of there. The Holy Spirit moves us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. To make the decision to go in the first place. The Holy Spirit in us makes us witnesses. Makes us people that testify to the truth of salvation. Testify to the kingdom reign. Testify to who God is. And, and testify to the changes in the kingdom. So how does the kingdom go? It goes in us. It goes where we go. Under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring good news wherever we are, to bring change wherever we are, to, to bring the kingdom to bear on whatever circumstances we are. And what do we do when we get there? And we just stand there and let the kingdom radiate out within us and, and, and expect people to get it by osmosis. And Matthew scripture tells us what to do, doesn't it? We baptize and we teach. You know, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of, in the, name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So we go, we bring the kingdom to bear, and then we teach the kingdom, we teach the gospel, we teach salvation. The kingdom is in us, and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, which leads us to action. We share the gospel, we introduce people to the kingdom, we lead them to Christ, and we baptize them, and we teach and we disciple them. We bring kingdom change. Or better said, God himself brings kingdom change. The Holy Spirit brings kingdom change through us who are willing to go. Now, just so we're aware, it's not automatic. We do still have to make a decision. You know, I said it's not just a case of us going there and it all happens. It's the Holy Spirit. But there's this partnership there. It's not automatic. It's not just, well, if the Holy Spirit doesn't move me, I won't go. We do have to make a decision. We do have to step out. We do have to do the work of spreading the kingdom and growing it. And I just hope you're getting the picture. So the what was the gospel? The kingdom, which leads to that new way of that kingdom of heaven. The how, in and through us. Our actions, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this now leads us to where, that third the word, where. So where must it go? Well, basically everywhere. You know, Acts 1 verse 8 says that, doesn't it? If you, if you go back to that one again, the second part of that, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So it's got to go, it must go everywhere. Where to go with the gospel everywhere. Uh, go is not just far, it's also near. Very near sometimes. And perhaps if we were to contextualise what Jesus said, we, we, what it says there in Acts, we might say, you're to be my witnesses at home and in your circles of influence, in Melbourne, in Australia, and to all nations and all cultures. So that's your commission. That's your, your charge. Okay, that's huge. How can I do them all? Well, that's not the message. It isn't we must go everywhere. The message is that the gospel must go everywhere. The kingdom must go everywhere. Though you should be prepared. You know, I'm a missionary at heart and you should be prepared to go. I think um, those of us that are older than us will remember that Keith Green song. And I don't have it in my notes here, so I'm going to start quoting out of my head. You know, where he says, the, you know, Jesus commands us to go, you know, um, and someone else once said, it says it's, it doesn't say come back after that, it says go. That's the missionary in me. But we all, the gospel must go everywhere. Each context and each place needs the gospel. And go is valid for each of those things. And it's not just geographical. It's not just um, going to you know, Melbourne or, or Scoresby or then you know, out to the Northern Territory. Or it's, it's not just... When we talk about going everywhere, we're talking about cultures and life spheres. The gospel must go into every life sphere, into every place where we are. And we understand what they are. We know what they are. We know that they're education. We know that they're medicine. We know that they're politics. We know that whatever God's called you to, to business or whatever it is, that that's a place that the gospel needs to go. That's an extent that the gospel needs to go. The gospel needs to go to our families and our friends and our colleagues and our neighbours and our kids in church, our youth and young adults, our community in Scoresby and Knox, our state, our nation and our world. 
It's up to us as individuals and as a church to understand where God might be or is specifically calling you or me, us, to go and also corporately. So what does this look like practically for One Hope Community Church? Because we, are, we haven't been making it practical these last couple of weeks, haven't we? What are some of the examples of what Go looks like at One Hope Community Church? Well, I could get Jackie up again. The gospel needs to go to our community and she would have a ton of examples and you would have them there already in that list you got last week. I could get Peyton up again. The gospel needs to go to our youth, the youth of the school, the, one, the, the, the young boys that want to drop in here and have conversations, uh, the youth of our community, but all our own youth. You know, Peyton would have, have ways of asking you or showing you how you can go there. I could get Johan up here. We could be talking about Knox Church's soccer club. There are, there are more than almost 500 people as part of the club and there are many families that are going through many different things some that do know Jesus and some that don't. And you could go there and have conversations. You could um, do hot soup on training nights. You could do, well, I'm not going to fill in what, there have been many things. Many families, individuals need the gospel there as well. I could have Luke from Uganda send you a video and, and show you what needs, what go looks like over there. Or you could chat to me or anyone on the Hope Builders board and I'd be able to show you what go looks like there. You might think of more ways, and there are more ways in one hope, and I don't have time to go through them all. There's a specific new one, and I believe that some of us are called to. There's another way to go that we've just been unearthing lately, and Martin's been working on that. And I wanted to give Martin just a couple of minutes to explain a, we said we're going to make it practical, to explain a new practical way for some of you to go. Martin, why don't you come up and share with us? Thanks, Andrew. Um, good morning. Um, the exciting news for us today um, that we have new ministry coming up. It's called Street Evangelism. So if you have seen the list where you can serve um, the paper you, you have seen last week, you might have seen Street Evangelism on the list. So hopefully, Lord willing, if the lockdown comes down from this month or from next month, um, I am planning to um, you know, gather a team, maybe five people, six people, all willing, and we are planning to go to the Mountain Gate, a shopping center, to, to preach the gospel, to share the gospel to, to, to local people. So it's going to be on Saturday, uh, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Um, and these are some of the gospel tracks that we have made, um, and also this one. So this will be placed at the back of our church, so that you know, if you want to take the gospel track, to give to your neighbors, please do so. You know, um, uh, Charles Spurgeon, he is a prince of preacher, he said this, if you can preach, if you, if you can talk, always use the good gospel tract. Uh, this can be the seed of eternal life, and I agree with that. So now we have the resources, so hopefully we'll make use of them uh, to win souls for Christ. Um, yeah, and I'm convinced that the most loving thing we can do to our neighbors is to share the gospel. As much as I believe in heaven, all that um, you know, gold and all that presence of God um, and all that, but also I, I believe in hell. So I think we, as a Christians, we are called to share the gospel to save souls. So, and I just want to encourage you as well, um, it's not only on Saturday outreach you can use these tracts, as I said. 
you can use this in, in many different ways. The way I do it, if I can give you a quick example, when you, uh, when you go to restaurants and when you have a takeaway food, I normally say thank you and I say, can I give you one of this? And they say, oh, thank you. They normally get very excited about getting something, you know, something extra from the customer. But as soon as, as, soon as they look at the cross, their face changes, but that's fine. Uh, you can always give them out. Uh, give them out in that way and also maybe takeaway drive through or even bus stops, or even to your friends. Uh, if you're quite shy, if you don't know how to share the gospel uh, you know, um, well yet, you can always use this gospel tract. So yeah, I want to encourage you to use this tract as much as possible. And as Andrew said, hopefully uh, we'll be able to have um, e like equip night or training session for all of you so that we can be, a, uh, we can be trained to share the gospel. Um, uh, with eloquence and also with uh, precise and concisely. Um, so yeah, so please make uh, use of them and also I hope that I'll be able to see you, many of you on Saturday as we begin our new ministry. I pray that God will be glorified and uh, I hope lots of souls will be saved for Christ's sake. So thank you. Thanks Martin. And um I think it's great. Uh, you know, Martin's been working on this and he really has a passion for that. And I actually believe that there are people in our church that God is calling to be part of that. And we will be running um, training for that, for those. But also, just if, you, if you're not one of these people that's going to go out on street evangelism, the training will still be about how could we share the gospel? How can we share that with perhaps someone in our family or someone close? So thanks very much, Martin, and I look forward to um, seeing that happen soon. Suffice to say that we're called to go everywhere, and also that we all have that call. And, and I wanted to stress that because I think it's really important. We can sometimes listen to uh, messages like this, and we can sit there and we can think of just these brilliant people around us that, oh, they'd be really good at that. You know, Martin is really going to be good at dropping off those tracks every time he buys a coffee somewhere, or doing street evangelism, or such and such is going to be really good at that, or Luke is so great at discipling in Africa. But I want us to know that when Jesus commissioned us as followers of Christ, he commissioned us all, and that we all have the call to go. And remember that example about all the tools in the toolbox. God made sure that we had them all. So the final of the four was why. You know, why must we go? Romans 10, verse 14 to 15, have a look at that with me. That'll be on the screen. It says this, and I think this is really key. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him... Of whom they've never heard. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. The message of salvation is for all. And all need to hear it. All creation. And Paul has said in the verses just before this, he says, everyone, he said, everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. And that people must hear it so that they can confess it with their mouth. So why do we need to go? Well, how will they feel? How will they hear it if we don't? We have the cure. We know the antidote. We have the antidote for eternal death. We have the cure for, for death. We have life in us and we must share it. We must all go and share the gospel.
so that they can confess it for themselves as well. Sometimes you get that picture of, you know, when you go, you know, how will they know and, unless you preach the gospel? And that might conjure up pictures of distant tribes that have sticks in their noses and have never worn clothes and no white man has told them about Jesus. And that might be your call. But we know also that there are people in our families, at our workplace, um, in our social circles, at our schools, in our sporting clubs, in our community, that need to hear the message of salvation, that need to know about Jesus. How will they, unless we're prepared to be the ones that God uses? So why must the gospel go? Because people are dying without knowing Christ. People are dying without hope. And how will they have that unless we tell them? You know, sometimes going takes guts. I can imagine sitting there listening to Martin and he says, we're going to go to Mountain Gate Shopping Centre from 2 to 5 on Sunday, Saturday afternoon and we're going to sh- preach the gospel. Some of you, if you could run right now, you would. You know, that can be scary to some, but for others it isn't scary at all. But sometimes it's going to take guts. Sometimes it's scary, but sometimes you've got to be resolute. Sometimes you do have to pay the price. And in that, we have the greatest example ever. You see, Jesus went. He did the going. He had to go from the Father's side to earth. He had to go to the culture of the day that he arrived here on earth in with a totally different message, with, a totally, with something that was really countercultural and wasn't going to be understood. But he had to go to there. He had a new and not always accepted message. And he had to go to the cross. Gutsy? Scary? A price? Jesus did it all. He did. He had to be resolute. And he was. You know, the Bible talks about he set his flint, his face like flint towards Jerusalem, which was his walk to what he knew was going to be the end of his earthly road. Because it was going to achieve something eternal. You see, Jesus decided to go because it was going to change people's lives forever. That's our motivation to go. It was worth it to the Father and to Him. And it was so worth it for you and me, wasn't it? None of us would argue that. Oh, I'm so thankful that Jesus decided to go. Aren't you? Even though I didn't know it and didn't value it, He still went. Is it worth it to us that others hear and know? Even though they don't know it, even though they don't value it yet, the people that are in your school, the people at Mountain Gate Shopping Centre, they don't know it yet. Is it worth it to us that others hear and know? We want One Hope Community Church to be a place of going. Sounds counterintuitive, you know, we we want to get people out, we want to go. It's not that at all. We want more here. It's not countercultural. And sometimes it actually might mean physically, physically going. Sometimes it might mean sending out, sending out someone to another nation, um, sending out people, which we've done before, to other churches, knowing that their call for now is to become part of another body of Christ. 
And we bless that because we recognise that God is calling us all to go at different stages of our life. But while we're here, we still go in the context that we are. But we want to. We need to be asking God, asking each other, how can we go? How can you go? What does that look like? We pray that One Hope Community Church will always be a place of growing, of giving, that leads us to going. And as you are a partner here, whether you've been a partner forever, whether you just joined last week or you're about to become a partner, I pray that this would be uh, an aspiration that grows in you, that this would be a church that actually continues to encourage you to be able to do that, to grow, to give and to go. That we would testify to the greatness of God, not that One Hope Community Church would be great, but that God would be great, that he would receive the glory. That's our prayer for One Hope. That's our prayer for every partner. Why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that, um, that you, all, you live in us. Um, and that's just a testimony to the work that you did to save us, to rescue us, to show us what salvation looks like, to bring us into the kingdom, to, to bestow on us, to give us salvation and eternal life. And to show us what a new way of living looks like. Lord, thank you that it didn't stop there, but you've called us to be testifiers, to be witnesses, to be ambassadors of that very same thing. That you call us to go. And for some of us, that might not mean geographically moving very far at all. And yet to some of us, it might. To some of us, that'll take us stepping out of our comfort zones or pushing the boundaries on what we felt we thought we were comfortable with. But Lord, give us a passion. Give us a broken heart for those that don't know you. Give us that resolute sense that they need to hear and remind us and show us that you want to use us. Lord, I pray for One Hope Community Church. I thank you for the many ways that we do go. I thank you for the many opportunities that you give us. The gifts that you've brought into our, our community that are simply amazing. We thank you for that. We give you glory for that. And we ask you, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, to use them to bring your kingdom here on earth. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.